The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. And a very warm welcome to Ronak Kopoldas. He is Director and Africa Analyst at Signal Risk on the line to us from Santon this evening. The big theme of 2021, and I think it's going to be a global theme, but from an African perspective, it's going to be our big theme as well. And this idea around vaccine diplomacy, what does it mean? Thanks, Bruce, for being with you, and uh, happy 2021. Um, vaccine diplomacy is, is quite rightly the big theme this year. It's, uh, it, it talks about the competition between global producers of the vaccine to provide affordable and equitable access to the poor people of the world. And this is becoming a source of huge contestation amongst the global superpowers. US, China, and Russia are the key players of the year, and they're all trying to be first to market and to achieve scalable distribution of the vaccine. Uh, obviously, this is because of the power that that this will, will entail uh, from a geopolitical, geostrategic, and geoeconomic perspective. The race is heating up. Uh, we know that the Russians have got the, Sput- the Sputnik uh, vaccine. We know that the Chinese have the Sinopharm vaccine. And the U.S. with Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer have a number of options. So Africa is going to become a theater of competition as they look to wield their, their geopolitical power. And, you know, I've even heard this being spoken about as the, a new Cold War. A new Cold War. I mean, again, the battle lines are very, very clear when you look at it. You look at any map that's being published and these maps are being updated on a daily basis to accentuate the inequalities of vaccine distribution. But uh, if you're a wealthy country with a good order book and a decent strategy, well, you are going to be way ahead of the queue than a South Africa or many other African countries um, which have not been as proactive or as effective in securing vaccines, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why it's been described as vaccine apartheid uh, in, in, in many quarters. You know, Africa is, is quite frankly at the back of the queue. We don't have much leverage at the moment. In most countries have put all their in the COVAX uh, facility basket. There's obviously limitations uh, to that uh, around the timing, distribution, and so countries are now having to look at bilateral approaches. And, you know, this is... Oh, and we've lost him. Um, it's so interesting because, I mean, so often we talk to Rana Kapoldis and we chat to him in London and he sounds like he's sitting in the room next door. Now you get him in Santon and he's a crackly mess. Not him. The, the signal is a crackly mess. So my producers are frantically getting uh, hold of Rana Kapoldis. I also want to talk to him about the fact that Malawi's transport minister, another senior cabinet member, have died from COVID-19 today. I'm not too sure if he's seen that piece of breaking news. And it just does accentuate it, of course. And Jackson Mtembo, who was diagnosed yesterday, is being positive with COVID-19 in isolation, hopefully recovering. Um, Rana Kapold is back with us this evening. I don't know if you heard the story today of Malawi's transport minister and a second cabinet member in Malawi dying of COVID-19. I mean, the, the, the profile of individual who is being diagnosed and you know, the victims, um, this thing knows no status no class no nothing yeah exactly it will it will completely humble you and again you know it just highlights the the importance of, of procuring the vaccine quickly efficiently and, and in an affordable way and again you know before i got cut off i was talking about the, the competition you know western western countries have been criticized for prioritizing profits over people uh, you know, there's still huge distrust around China, uh, one, because of its handling of the initial pandemic, but two, uh, because it hasn't, the vaccine hasn't gone through rigorous testing uh, to the same extent as Western alternatives has. And then the Russian one as well. 
you know, um, is it kind of uh, going to be robust and scientifically tested or is this simply a power play? Um, so, you know, I think the option set for, for Africa is going to be quite interesting. Which, which alternatives does it go for? Does it go for kind of the more transparent, more scientifically robust Western options, which are more expensive? Or does it look at the goodwill of the Chinese and Russian vaccines, which may have um, you know, some, some side effects. And you know, this, this competition is going to be interesting because you've got to make strategic, strategic choices around, around how to protect our populations across the continent. We must certainly do. Um, and there's huge pressure coming on, on governments, of course, a- across the continent. And, I mean, the economic outlook really does depend, of course, on the success of bringing the, the virus under control. And one, one wonders whether or not we have proper strategies in place. It certainly doesn't feel like it. Um, but what is your, what's your analysis tell you? Yeah, look, so I think last year was a perfect storm. We had real and financial shocks. At the same time, developed and developing countries were suffering simultaneously. And in Africa, you had the first recession in 25 years, according to the IMF. So you have this triple whammy of COVID, commodity prices, and capital flight. Uh, So the hope is that we get a recovery this year, but that's largely going to be contingent on two factors. So one is this vaccine economics kind of story that you speak about and how quickly we we can distribute this vaccine. And two... Uh, is the, the external economy and the global monetary and financial conditions, which are going to be supportive. So, you know, you look at financial markets in Africa, and even though Zambia defaulted last year, there's been huge appetite for, for African debt, despite the fact that you're going to have to have debt relief in a number of countries. So, you know, that begs the question, is this, is this kind of greed or is it a differentiated strategy by investors? On the real economy front, you know, trade should pick up. There should be a recovery in global demand, which is supportive of commodity prices. Tourist activity should hopefully uh, improve as well. So I think it could be a better year, but it's very, very contingent on the global story and the global recovery. Uh, and certainly when it comes to, to trade, of course, and the Africa Free Trade Agreement is officially in place, but no sooner does it come to be officially in place than South Africa closes its land borders. And we've seen other um, economies close their borders too, of course, under, under huge duress and under huge pressure. Yeah, that's going to be a huge challenge. And, you know, the, the fact that trading has commenced as of the 1st of January is a huge achievement in itself because there were a couple of setbacks last year. The, the official trading date was, was postponed twice. Um, but, you know, the policymakers managed to re- retain some of that momentum despite the challenges. And I think this is something worth celebrating. Um, the issue now is going to be navigating three dilemmas in my mind. So one is, is getting the balance between kind of the, the benefits for the bigger countries versus the smaller countries, right? We don't want a situation where you've got a Greece-Germany kind of productivity differential and you want the shares of, and the benefits of, of, of this free trade area to be shared. Then you've got to balance kind of domestic nationalism and border closures and all of these kind of things with a pan-African agenda, which, which is going to be difficult. And then, you know, this is largely a, a technocratic agreement. This has got to now filter through to the man on the street, the average Joes who are going to see a real benefit. So, you know, the implementation is, is going to be tricky. Uh, I think, you know, they're, they're going to be teething problems, as you've mentioned. We've, we've had in the past xenophobic attacks in South Africa. We've had border closures between Tanzania and Zambia. Uh, Nigeria has been reluctant around this. And you've got a sense of, kind of nationalism that's that's been induced by COVID-19 as well. So certainly 
it's not a silver bullet, but definitely something worth celebrating. And I think it's something that could catalyze increased investment on the continent and, and, and really create a, a much larger and more attractive regional market and, and improve inter-regional trade. I mean, it's, it's such a big theme for 2021. I mean, is that uh, the sort of primary focus of what you're looking at this year or what's on your agenda? What are you anticipating? What are you hoping for? What are you yeah, looking for? What are you I seeking? Mean, you know, there's, there's geopolitically, there's a lot going on economically. There's, it's all about recovery. But the thing that, that's keeping me up at night is the security environment. Um, you know, last year, Mozambique, um, we saw huge, huge... Um, uh, episodes of, of, of violence and Islamic terrorism, which threatened the, the, the nascent gas industry. Um, in Ethiopia, we had, we had conflict uh, resurfacing in the Sahel. They had a record year in terms of attacks. And weak security environments are going to be magnified uh, by COVID-19 because these existing governance challenges come to light. You know, weak state structures, poor legitimacy, um, so the conflict environment across the continent concerns me. And I think, you know, things like climate change uh, only exacerbates this. When you look at competition for resources, when you look at, at the threats to food security, um, I think when you com- combine COVID-19 uh, and the fallout from that, you combine some of the economic challenges with climate change and insecurity, um, you've got this quartet of factors which is going to put huge pressure on political capacity and on institutional capacity. And alongside limited funding, this is this is something I think we need to be 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 quite uh, be watching quite closely. So you know, a bit of a mixed bag prospects for economic recovery, but insecurity something that that I'd, I'd be watching closely. Thank you to Rona Kapoldas, the Director and Africa Analyst at Signal Risk this evening in Santon. Thank you, Rona. Good to catch up with you in the new year. He is uh, one of the country's top Africa analysts. Um, we often talk to him in London, but he's here at the moment. Um, Rona Kapoldas this evening on The Money Show.